Coming up on episode 17 of the Countdown 2 podcast, we are back with a bang as I'm joined by Jordan Jamal to preview the upcoming Premier League season and discuss the biggest transfers of the window so far. So, I'll be back. Um, the first episode in a while, but I'm back here again with George and Jamal um, to discuss all things sport, really. But first of all, how how you guys doing, man? It's been a minute. Oh, good, bro. Yeah. What are you saying, George? Yeah, not bad. Not yeah. bad either. Excited for the start of the new season, to be honest. Yeah, same. You're saying me. I've got got the Spurs on. <laughs> George is about to be a PSG fan. Any George George has changed allegiance. <laughs> but yeah, so before we kick things off, um, this is going to be a Premier League preview podcast. But first of all, before we get to that, um, I want to get to the biggest transfer window story so far, and the biggest one obviously just happened today, August the tenth. Messi's just gone to PSG. Um, George, what are your thoughts? I mean, well, I know what your thoughts are. You've already fucking changed allegiances, bro. What the heck? <laughs> nah, I, did, I was just put the top on just for the video, innit? But um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I like it or not. Like, that league's just so, like, it's just such a dead rubber league. Like, no one really cares about the French league at the minute, even with Messi there. Like, the only time people are probably going to watch PSG is when they're playing in the Champions League, whereas when Messi was at Barca, people actually watch La Liga as well. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be weird. There's a lot of star power on the PSG team now, so it'll be interesting to see how they get on. They got no excuses for me in terms of trophies or anything this year. Mm. Oh yeah, me personally. Before I hand it over to you, Jamal, the whole Messi thing—it felt like it was going to happen, but it's all—it's still surreal. I understand what George mm. saying, like. See Messi in a different colour kit. I know it's still going to be red and blue, but yo, it's just not, it's just not the same. Like, I grew up on this guy, man. It was always yes. Messi, Barca against whoever. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're always, they're, they're always the constant like, throughout life, but it just shows evolution. And Barca are in a mess, like, in a massive mess of a situation. It just goes back to, um, to what we were talking about a few weeks ago, well, a few months ago now about, Clubs being run badly. Yes, we've yeah. got we've all got issues here or there with our owners. But yo, how did Barcelona, the biggest club in the world, not not have the capacity, not have the money, yeah, to pay the greatest player of all time? How how did it, how did we get here, bro? Like what the fuck? Even if yeah. even if you play for free, you won't be able to play. Like yeah. it's just an absolute shambles, and it's just going to go down from here now as well because it's the amount. You can imagine the amount of money that he generates for them through sales and tickets, people coming to watch him. It's hundreds of millions, so that's going to be missing. Like The stadium's going to be half empty. No one's going to want to tour Barcelona now. So, yeah. Jamal, so, some lean news for Barca coming up. Are we going to see um, post-Fergie United or even worse? Even worse, mate. They're finished, beyond finished. Um, you don't let the best player to ever play the game walk out for free. I don't care what the situation is. Sell the farm if you have to. Just make sure that he stays there, bro. Mm-hmm. Let him go. Not only to go 
not only to leave, but to leave to a club that's pained them over the last few years as well. Kind of like salt in the wounds. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be weird, as I'm sure everyone will agree. It's going to be weird, but it's going to be interesting as well because, like George said, no one really cares about the league. With or without Messi, they should be wrapping the league up. I know they lost it last year, but if the signings have made already, they should be wrapping the league up. It's going to be interesting to see the Champions League because I still don't... I don't know what it is about them. I ain't, I'm not like I'm not sold on them winning the Champions League. They've got a sick team and whatever. There's just something about them. George mentioned like the star power and all the big names and stuff. Is it all going to work in the same dressing room? Is Pops the man to harness it? I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of questions. I don't think it's as... In Europe, I don't think it's as smooth as, oh, they've got Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, rare, rare, rare. they're going to just run through Europe. I don't think it's going to work like that. I agree with that. I agree with that, bro. Because in Europe, like you say, it's um, it's more of a collective thing. Yes, individual talent will win you a one-off game, but mm. most of the time, unless you get to the final, it's not. It's never a one-off game. You've got two legs, and we saw it in the. Um, can you know, they got knocked out by City in the semis, didn't they? Was it City? Yeah, 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 yeah City. They, they played both legs. They played brilliant 45 minutes, but they couldn't mm. make it last for the whole game. And at the first sign of adversity, especially the front players, so Neymar and Mbappe, they just they don't play both sides of the game. They just play. And if they ain't got the ball, they're not interested. And you know how Messi's like, for the last five mm. years, he doesn't move. He actually walks. So what, how are they going to manage to carry three passengers defensively Unless they just have the ball all the time, I'm I'm not sure. I think it is it is a bit different. This not loads different, but the addition of Ramos is is genuinely massive, both in the dressing room and on the pitch. Like he is a serial like winner. Like if he can't inspire the team to win, to at least get to the final of the Champions League, even win it, then there's something seriously wrong with Mbappe and Neymar in the same team, because. They've got all the talent in the world to win it. Like you go through their team now, there's not one weak link. Maybe maybe the left back, but that's about it. Yeah. Like from the keeper to the attackers, it's a very very dangerous team. So, yeah. like I said before, there's no there's no reason for me why they can't, why they shouldn't win the win the Champions League. Uh, um, is the star power to be too much, Jamal? Are these different? Like there was a a good uh, image actually on Twitter I saw today of. All of all three superstars are all number 10 for their country and they're the main man for their country. And throughout their careers, they've been the main man for their team. Are they going to be able to coexist? I don't think it's going to be a Messi and Neymar problem because we've seen them coexist. I think Neymar is happy enough now. Maybe he's kind of realised, a bit like Kyrie in, in the NBA. Maybe he's always going to be a second star rather than the star. He's had his time to lead this team. He ain't been able to do it. Messi's gonna Messi's gonna come in and be the star man of this team, there's no doubt. Neymar will accept that. I don't think Mbappe will accept I don't that. Either. I don't and if I'm being funny, if I was Mbappe, I wouldn't either. He's <laughs> the most marketable player probably in the world at the minute. He's only ever gonna go up. The rest are only ever gonna go down at the peak of the powers now. I wouldn't accept being the third man on that team. He's got a year left. So Jeez, maybe it's just a year of, all right, if I don't win the Champions League here, I'll go Madrid and start my own super team. I don't think it's a thing of um, 
it necessarily needing to coexist fully. Um, like you said, there's enough glue around George Mitch and Ramos. If people like that can't bring the team together, there's Marquinhos is a leader as well. There's leaders around the team. So there's enough there to pull it apart for a year. But anything longer than a year, I can't imagine it ending well. Oh, man. I, I, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. The only problem is going to be Mbappe and his ambition. You know what I mean? His ambition. What's his ambition? Does he want to be Messi? Does he want to be the greatest player of all time? Because he can just say, yo, I've won a World Cup. Like, Messi, you ain't done that. And then we, we've beat you on the way to the World Cup. So what? We're on equal footing. And this is like, it's 2022. It's a new age. Like, you need to like, obviously it depends what he sees himself as, what he projects himself to be. He can be the sticking point. And when you mention about his future with Madrid, to me, either way, he's gone. So if they win it all, great. I walk out on the high. If they don't win it all, okay, cool. I just got to start my own thing kind of thing. This hasn't worked. So it's one of them things, George, where the ball is firmly in Mbappe's core and whether he wants to play ball and bow down to Messi or he wants to kind of, or he wants to fight back really, yeah. Well, for the sake of the team, if, if you were Mbappe, like, as Jamal said, he's got one year left on his contract. He's playing with, he should acknowledge he's playing with the greatest player of all time, even though he did, he loved Ronaldo, didn't he? He might think Ronaldo's the greatest player of all time. Yeah. So, if I was him, you got to think like, for a year, I'll sacrifice and to win the Champions League. Then we'll play as a team. I'll work defensively, but I can't see him doing it. I really can't see him doing it. He scored a hat trick away at Barca in the Champions League, and then the next didn't score in the didn't score in the in the next game. Didn't score against City. So I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with him. Well, with Mbappe, to to his point, before we move on, um, if he sacrifices that used to says, and he just almost plays within himself, but better for the team. He's won the World Cup, he's won the Champions League, he's won multiple trophies. How much, when he does go to Real, I mean, going to Real is going to bring its own pressures, but just in general, how much pressure is going to be off his shoulders? Mm. It's going to be like great. And he could just play freedom for the rest of his career, pretty much. But yeah. I still don't think he can play freely. I feel like we're in the age now where no matter what a player does, it's still deemed not enough. Yeah. Other social media and everything like a player can drop a ten out of ten, and you still won't get enough credit. It's like it's like an example's like Bruno. He'll drop a ten out of ten, and Jamal will say, "Oh yeah, but he didn't do this." Didn't do that. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've been nice this off season because I ain't heard that geezer's name for a while. <laughs> anyway, um, talking of Bruno, George, um, United for you. How do you rate your transfer window so far? Do you expect anybody else to be coming in? It's a solid. It's a solid nine for me. The only thing that would make it a ten is if we got a CDM because Fred and McTominay don't cut it really. Like you want to get to to the elite level, you can't have two passengers in the side because let's be real, they might drop an eight or nine out of ten one game, but then they'll drop five out of sixes for the next five or sixes for the next three games. So. It's a difficult one. I think the, the addition of Sancho is massive. Um, he adds a lot more to the attack. And Varane as well, like proven winner. He's won it all. 
Um, does he still have the same motivation to win stuff at United? Time will tell. But in terms of a successful transfer window, yes, it has been, but there still is room for improvement in terms of buying a CDM as well. You, you guys look good, man. I can't, I can't even front. But also, the, the main concern for me, outside of the obvious CDM one, um, but I don't mind McTominay that much. I think he, uh, you need, sometimes you need a glue guy who won't, who won't do too much, you know. But anyway, that's besides the point. My main point is, I don't think you've got a striker. To who's your number nine going? If you was to start tomorrow, if you was to play City tomorrow, who starts up front? Uh, at the minute, it'd probably be Greenwood because Cavani's not returned back from Copper America yet. Is Greenwood going to so, get twenty to thirty goals that you that you need to be firing? Do you, do you if he Greenwood? started every game, I think yeah. he, I think he'd get at least fifteen. If he started every game, he's still young. He's still what nineteen, so. Well, that's the thing is that we've got such a young attack that ta- only time will tell if they can carry the weight on their shoulders. Because when Rashford's back, he's just had the shoulder surgery. The ideal attack for me is Rashford, Greenwood, Sancho, or Rashford, Cavani, Sancho. So I don't. But if you can get 15 goals from Cavani, 15 from Greenwood, 15 from Rashford, 15 from Sancho, I mean, it's it's you can't really complain, really. Like it's one of them. It's like the Liverpool front three of a few years ago. They all chipped in with 15, 20 goals in a season and it won them the league. So, um, and Firmino's not a true out and out number nine. So it's just one of them things like, can can they all chip in? Because they're definitely all capable. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a fair point whether you guys or Ali's got the tactical now and the intelligence to set, to set, you guys up how obviously how Liverpool played. Liverpool, mm. I don't know that that the, that Liverpool time is a bit of. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say anymore, really. But I'm definitely it's just not as good. That's what he's trying to say. I'm the what? Sorry, it's just not as good. That's what he was trying to say. He didn't <laughs> want to say it. No, that, no, that front three. That the way. No, that, I do agree. I do agree. They're not obviously not as good as that Liverpool front three, but there's definitely. Players there's definitely the potential there for them to be as good because you look at the front, you look at Rafford Greenwood, Sancho, and you say, what's stopping them from scoring 15, 20 goals a season each? Sancho's done it in the Bundesliga. Rafford scored 16 last year. Greenwood's one of the best young attackers in, in the world. So, no. no, bro, definitely. man. I, 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 I mean, we'll get to it later with the Premier League predictions. You'll see how much respect I've put on uh, United's transfer window. So, but yeah, talking to Liverpool, Jamal, well, you signed that centre-back, but what else have you guys done in the window? You can't be happy, surely. I'm not overly happy, but I'm not as disappointed as like maybe some fans are. We needed... When you look at it without context, you can just see one cent, one sign and it doesn't look that great on paper. But we've had two centre-backs coming off, serious injuries. The third centre-back that missed the season has just turned 30 a couple of days ago. We've just signed one of the best young centre-backs. It's for you when you consider Ben White, who's a decent centre-back, just gone for 50 mil. It's not, it's, not a bad, um, it's not a bad summer. It's a start. There's still a couple of weeks after the window. I always kind of thought we'd get stuff done later in the window like we did last year with... Um, 
Jota and Thiago, they both signed after the season had started. So right now, I don't think it's a bad window. Probably it's like a six. Okay. If it's like this at the end of the window, it's not been great. I still think there's enough in the squad to compete for the big two, but we're like two away from it being a great window again. Um, before we move on, do you, are you on, are you on the Wi-Fi? Because you're breaking up. Yeah, why is it breaking up? Wait, yeah. then, let me change it. Was it breaking up for you too, George, or not? Yeah, yeah, it was. Another thing about Messi, yeah, he's going to be number 30. That's just so weird. What? He's number 30. Oh, has it been revealed? Yeah. Yeah, number 30. Like, that's just so shit. Yeah. It looks weird as fucking the kid as well, man. Don't like it, man. Look. Oh, I swear. Strange. You should have just took that number 10 from Neymar, man. But yeah. Anyway, um, so, I'll be back. Uh, on Liverpool, Jamal, um, again, for you guys, is it, for me, is it is it a problem for you, actually, just ask you the question, that everybody else around you, that you guys had a fight last season to make top four. I know you had a lot of injuries, but everybody else has actually improved and made big signings while you guys have kind of, uh, quote-unquote, stagnated. Do you, are you going to get left behind? Is that not a word? No, not in my. I'm not. We'll get it to the. We we'll get to the prediction and stuff at the end. But you'll see what, how I'm feeling um, <laughs> about our situation. I, I don't. I think United. I'm, United on paper. Man United on paper have improved on their right wing and Sancho. It's still yet. To, I'm a fan of Sancho. Let me not get to his. Let me not hate on him because he's signed for United. It's still yet to be proven. This isn't a Bundesliga. Teams in the Bundesliga are playing. Defences are on the halfway line every week. It's a very different scenario playing here. Varane is not this miracle centre-back that I think a lot of people believe he is. He's better than City, Lindelof. He's better, yeah, yeah, he's improved on Lindelof, but is it a big enough jump to be starting to talk about? We'll talk about that later. If you, sign, improved. If, you Varane, if you sign Varane, how would you feel? If it was Van Dijk and Varane at the back? Um, <laughs> Potato, potato between him and oh. don't matter who's next to Van Dyke. I'm not bothered as long as you're Van a liar, Dijk's you're here, a liar. I don't care who's next to him. I don't care about Varane. I'm not bothered about Varane. If, if I'm talking, if I'm like you said earlier, you're talking um, about uh, Ramos at PSG and the thing he's going to bring to the dressing room. Do you think Varane's going to bring the same? Do you see him as a leader? It's not about the I'm not talking about the dressing room for Ran. I'm talking about on no, the I'm pitch. Just saying, no, I'm just saying in general, do you see him as like being a leader, someone that's gonna galvanize the dressing room? I see him as someone who's gonna bring a wealth of experience in big games that Lindelof didn't possess, where he could carry us with a big performance through through a game, through a tough game. Okay, I can understand that. But back to um Liverpool. Uh I don't think we've stagnated. I think as you just said, we've got the best we had injuries that season sorted already at centre back. We're not going to be seeing. Well, I hope we're not going to be seeing academy graduates and midfielders at centre back again. That's automatically going to kick us on. The fact I think it's maybe cliche, but the fans being back for us more than anyone is a lift. We don't lose six games on the spin at Anfield with fans there. I don't think we lose one personally. So that's 
a big lift, a huge lift. And I think there's a genuine uh, fire in the squad at the minute. I think a lot of players have had a rest. Mane and Salah have had their first summers off since being here. Van Dijk has had a full pre-season. Gomez has had one. Matip's had one. Kate has had one. Oxay chamberlains had one. These are players that, whether they start or not, they weren't even available to us last year. They weren't even like your Oxys, your Caters. These players weren't even available to be on the bench. If you can get more out of them and have them and maybe do something towards the end of the window, I'm not panicking. I'm nowhere near panicking. Not yet, anyway. Um, I don't think we're stagnated. I think, listen, last year was last year and it, we had serious injuries and United finished five points ahead of us at the end of the season. It's, it was what it was. It's gonna, it's not going to happen this year. It's not going to be the same this year. Um, yeah, I'm quietly confident. That's what I'll say. I'm quietly confident. Yeah, you've got every reason to be confident, especially with the guys coming back. Um, yeah, for me, though, talk just to finish off with Spurs, really, in this section. I'm not confident. <laughs> I'm not confident <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm, um, I, I don't know. Like, it's, I'm more optimistic than... No, I'm not more optimistic than last year. That'd be a lie. But I'm just not optimistic at all. There's no way in hell... I'm, probably ruining the top four just now, but there's no way in hell we, I can see it was challenging even looking at the top four because at a minute, what the problems that we had were defence and yes, we brought in this new um, Christian Romero, whatever his name is, the mm. Argentine centre-back. He looks pretty good, voted the best defender last year in Serie A, so he's got a bit of a bit of cachet about him. He's got a bit of reputation coming into um, into the Premier League. But yes, that's one out of three other positions. You know what? Let me say two other positions. So we need another centre-back and another right-back. Otherwise, again, we're drawing dead because we don't score enough goals. And also, <laughs> just to pile on, oh, fucking Harry Kane wants to leave. He literally just went on strike and he come back and denied it. And honestly, mm. that's just star man. How is that going to make the rest of the team feel, you know? So, yeah, in terms of signings, I'm happy with Romero. Brian Hill, I'm not expecting too much from him next season. And I don't think we need to expect that much from him next season. We've got good wide players where we shouldn't have to rely on a 20, on a 20 whatever, 19-year-old, however old he is, to make an instant impact. So I think he's one of your best players. Players this season, personally. Who Brian Hill? Yeah, I think I think Brian Hill, George. I think no, I don't even know that much about him, but I think like five six games in, Nuno realizes how good he is and how much better he is than your other wide players. Because I look at your wide players, Son, obviously, yeah, class, but um, Lucas, bang average, Bergwijn, bang average. So I don't. I, I genuinely think he comes in and makes a statement. I hope so, bro. I hope so. I, I, I beg he does. But depending on what system we go with and whether we sign a new... I, I can't even project, actually, because that's going to be what we've got now. But Bergwin, I don't feel like Bergwin's had enough chances. Um, having to adjust from Dutch football and not having only half a season where he's played properly. 
I'll give you another one now. Lucas, yeah. Lucas is a bit annoying because you have flashes in a game and then the manager will just get sold and they'll be like, oh, I've got to start him. But I agree with that. He's bang average. He, he shouldn't be anything more than a squad player. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I trust Bergwin and maybe M. Hill, but I guess so, yeah. We're not exactly blessed with options. We're not Man City, so um, if he does take over the reins and uh, his class, I'll say it. But yeah, first and foremost, we need to keep Harry Kane. But um, anything to add on Spurs, do you know, before we move on? Do you think you will keep Kane? Yeah. Do you think you will? Yeah, do you think you will now? I'm not 90% sure that we'll keep Kane. Um, Daniel Would you want to keep him? Yeah. Yeah, because we're Would not better than Kane. Um, yeah, I know he doesn't want to be there, but Daniel Levy knows to pay for this stadium. First of all, fans hate him as it is, but if he sells Harry Kane to a Premier League rival, it's going to be even worse. But at some point, he's going to go to a Premier League rival. It's not this summer, it's going to be next. No, so no, why? What? We've just seen Messi. Is he going to keep a player that doesn't want to be there for two years? Yes. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, bro. At some point, he's going to go in the next two years. Would you not rather do it now? Get it out of the way with? Because with, with or without Kane, you're not going to get back in the Champions League this summer. With or without him, he's, he don't want to be there. This is the summer you're going to get the most for him. You may even get 100 mil plus a player from City. You yeah. may get, uh, do you know, I, just, I, just, I don't think you're going to get that next summer. So I, just, it, I don't, I agree. I don't get it. If Daniel Levy, surely, surely you take the money. You take the money and reinvest it, surely. 100%. Bro, you just, you you just said you need a centre-back and all You need sorts. a right-back, a new striker, probably a centre-mid as well, a CDM, because Hoiberg was good last year, but you can definitely improve on Hoiberg. No, we so, can't. a good player. I disagree there. But um, no, I I see what you guys are saying, and that's the logical way of thinking it. But the way that coming from a Spurs fan, and especially Dan Levy, the way that he'll see it is he's got such like his relationship with the fans is so fucking toxic. Yeah, it can't get any worse. From the moment they sat Pochettino, he's even said that he regrets it. But Pochettino's gone up, we've gone down. It's literally been complete, completely cross paths. And um, if he sells Harry Kane to a Premier League rival, yeah, there's no, I don't see how he comes back from that this season. Yes, he might Bro, go. But it's, that's oh, happening well. anyway. He's not going abroad. Kane, Kane wants to go, so he can't help that Kane wants to go. Yes, Surely fans understand that Kane wants to leave. He's, he's there for three more years. There's no, Kane doesn't. He's not, man. Kane, Kane is yeah. on the contract for three more years. Daniel Levy does not have to sell him. This is not a Jack Grealish situation where he's got a release clause. If he does, we get that, but he, bro, from a Liverpool perspective, you, you as well, you've seen enough players leave Spurs. I'm thinking more of a Coutinho situation with us, where it just it gets toxic, bro. He's got a, maybe not as toxic as the Coutinho situation because Kane's got a bit more loyalty towards Spurs than Coutinho did us. But there's just going to be times where he's just got at some point, he's just going to end up forcing the book to a point where his hands are tied. So why not get the maximum money you can get now? Why wait a year or even two years down the line? It's What's different. the point? It's different. Listen, Joel, if Barcelona, yeah, let's put, swap Coutinho on the thingy around that same situation. If it was Barcelona or Paris or Juve, 
or whoever, it was a, a foreign team. Kane would be gone. Kane would not be here right now. I completely agree. It makes it worse. It's the fact that it's Man City. It's the fact that they're the best team in a, um, in a country and you're strengthening them already. I know we're not competing with them, but that's besides the point. <laughs> he, he wants to sell us, yeah? Daniel Levy with this new stadium, the dream that he sold every Spurs fan was that we will be competing with City. That's that's the ambitions of the team. More for you, like, than but like it's your own fault for believing it. And that's why he's not going. But yeah, anyway, that's enough for Spurs and Kane. Um, I think, regardless, just, to, just to end that, I think regardless, whether it's this year, next year, he ends up at City. I was thinking you're cutting your face off despite your nose or whatever they're saying is. Just, yeah. to, just costing yourself extra money for, for no reason. Maybe so, but to get into the Champions League next season, I know it's a long shot, but we've got a better chance with Kane than without him. But anyway, another thing as well, actually, about <laughs> if Kane, if Kane does go to City, mm-hmm. Chelsea have got Lukaku now as well. There's a young striker in the Bundesliga that's going to need a club when his release clause comes up this summer. Well, Bayern have just jumped on it. Yeah, there, apparently. No, I was about to say it leaves. Yeah, Bayern. United. United, really. That's about it, really. They're the only two clubs, really, who can who can go for it. Maybe Madrid, but I can't. I can't see him going to Madrid personally. I don't know why. I, I can. I definitely can. I 100 percent can. I can see. Robert I see him at Madrid more than United. I, I don't do. see him at United. I do. He loves Oli. He's, he's good mates with Oli. I don't see him at United. But how long is Oli going to be there? When he ends the season, show Phillips. Then what? When Oli's not there, <laughs> then what happens? No, he sees Sancho and Rashford either side of him and things. Oh, yeah, quite like the look of it. Sounds terrible. Anyway, boys, um, we're going to take a little break here and uh, we're going to come back and preview the 2021-2022 Premier League season. And we're back. So, yeah, in this section, we're going to preview the upcoming Premier League season. And, yeah, so we're going to start with a top four and then eventually we go to the champions and we give our reasons. So. Yeah, we'll start with fourth place. So, yeah, I'll kick it off. My fourth place team is Liverpool. So, um, yeah. <laughs> They're in fourth because, as I mentioned earlier, I think they've missed a trick here. Well, they haven't really missed a trick because they just haven't got the money. So it's unfair to say that. But the rest of... The top four from last year, who I think will also be in the top four this year, relatively comfortably, improved key areas. Um, apart from City, who really didn't require that much improvement. But, yeah. So, yeah, I just think they missed the trick by not signing a new, new players, really, in key positions. For me, they needed to get a number nine, a number nine a striker, and they need to get an alternative who can consistently be reliable and fill in for Salah and Mane. Yes, you could probably turn around and say Jota, but I need to see him fully fit for the whole season for me to say that. And also, is Van Dijk, is Van Dijk going to regress or is he going to come back to peak Van Dijk? I'm not sure, Jamal. That's why I've got Liverpool fourth and not really challenging for the title. You want me next? Yeah, yeah. Can you have fourth? Uh, I got United fourth. Why? Um, I think they've improved uh, on their team 
uh, from last year. I just think that the other teams around them are better. Uh, I still, I still think the manager is a big, big issue. When I think of the three teams that I've got above them, the managers are so far clear of their manager. I think that's a problem. Uh, yeah, I just, I think for, I think fourth is a respectable season. I think fourth is where they would have finished last year had we had a fit squad and Chelsea had a proper manager for half a season. So I think that's what they are. I think they're a fourth place team uh, at the minute. Um, go on, George. Have you got a rebuttal to that? Who's your fourth place actually before we... Um... I ain't going to lie. I, w- I was thinking about this today and I thought, um, I think fourth split between either us or Liverpool. Um, due to the fact that towards the end of the season last year, Chelsea were unbelievable under t- Tuchel. And they're they're gonna sign they're gonna sign Lukaku. Um, they've got a, t- a team that's just won the Champions League. They've got Jorginho who's just won the Euros, and I look at Chelsea's the, the starting eleven, and I don't really see a weakness to be honest. Um, so I feel like Chelsea are just a lot better than. Uh, United and Liverpool at the minute, like United still do have a weakness or two. Liverpool for me, their weakness is probably Firmino and uh, their squad depth because if an injury does happen, for example, like Robertson, like that has happened, their backup's going to be that that Greek 19-year-old, 20-year-old, whoever he is. And then say Salah, Firmino or Mane get injured, then like it's another thing it weakens them as well. So, and obviously the point about Van Dijk coming back is he going to be exactly the same? So, for me, fourth is split between United and Liverpool. I really can't decide. For me, it just genuinely depends on how we start the season because, as Jamal said before, um, Liverpool have had a good pre-season and a lot of their players have had a rest. Whereas United's pre-season, although it's been good a lot of the players who will feature the most haven't played a lot in pre-season. I think Bruno's played two games. Shaw's recently returned. Rashford's out with shoulder surgery. Sancho and Varane haven't played in pre-season yet. And um, I think Maguire's come back recently. So, and Henderson, and the Henderson-De Gea thing's frustrating as well because Henderson is out with COVID. So does that mean De Gea's going to be number one again? And who, then who, that, would your, who would your number one be if you were to pick a team? <laughs> Neither of them. Neither of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that uh, De Gea's passed it and I do like Henderson. He's got his strengths are De Gea's weaknesses. So he's very commanding of his box, but he's not, he's not a great shot stopper. And we saw that, I think, against Liverpool towards the end of last season where Salah scored that goal in the last minute. Um, he was basically just saying, put it in that corner. He was stood on one side of the net. So, um, for me, it just depends on how well United start the season. If we start well, then I can be a bit more optimistic. But right now, with the pre-season we've had, um, although the signs have been good, I do see us finishing probably fourth. But not not like 
way off the pace. I do think that the top four this year is going to be very competitive and it depends on what the results are when the big teams face each other. Yeah, you make fair points really. And um, again, the my fourth, no, sorry, my third and second, it's a lot closer than than, uh, than it must seem to a lot of people because I was contemplating putting this team in second place instead of we have got second. Um, my third place team is actually United. The main issue, I like their starting eleven, but their squad depth is a bit of a worry um, to last the whole Premier League season. And also, ideally for me, I want a striker, I want one player that I can pencil in 20 to 25 goals mm. in a Premier League alone. I feel like City have just got so much squad depth. They're always an exception to, to an extent, which is a bit annoying. But um, yeah, Chelsea with Lukaku, they've got that. Liverpool with Salah, they've got that. Um, but I don't feel like United have got that. Yes, you want to spread out the goals, but Rashford is going to miss the start of the season. Sancho needs to um, needs to uh, obviously get used to the Premier League, and I, I can't count Cavani to do to do bits for the whole season. I just can't. Martial looks. Uh, Bruno could get twenty goals. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, but Bruno he can't score and assist all the goals. I mean, he probably no, have a good, good season, but but still. Anyway, that's why I've got you third. I've got you closer to. To second place, uh, really, but yeah, I've I've got you third, and I feel I feel good about that. It's not, yeah, it's not like I was struggling really, but yeah. So who you got third, Jamal? Uh, I got City third. Oh really? I got City third. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the point that George made about United's preseason being a bit up and down. I don't think City have had the smoothest preseason. De Bruyne and Foden still aren't back or they're still injured. I, just, I look at them and it's going to sound weird because obviously they went on that mad run last year and they breezed the league in the end. But watching their two previous title winners, the Centurions and then the 99-point team the season after, when I compare it to the team I watched last year, I wasn't that impressed. It wasn't that impressive to me. People can say they won it in a different way to the other teams, and that's impressive in itself. I just I wasn't that impressed. I look at them, and I think the point that you made about teams having guaranteed goal scorers, as amazing as I think Jack Grealish is, I think he's a great player. He'll improve them in a in a sense. I look through the team, and I think Sterling he had a great Euros, but he didn't have the best of years last year with City. Jesus maybe in all comps will get you twenty goals, but that's not a striker that's going to win you the league. Mm. Mares isn't exactly a goal-scoring winger that's going to put 20 goals a season. Grealish isn't. Bruyne isn't. Foden may do that in the future. I don't know if he's there yet. They may spread it out between them all. I just don't see it. I don't see them as maybe strong and effective as they have been in the past. Yeah. Still, I know they were solid last year. Defensively still, I don't look at them as an amazing team defensively. I don't know, man. I just got I've got I've got, I've got a feeling. How many years can they continue to be? I know Pep's there, but I just Bro, it's just we we had a down year. They had a down year two years ago. It's hard to keep this 
this level that they're going, it's hard, bro, without having years off. It's difficult. I just don't see them doing what they did last year, doing it again this year without, it, as it stands, if they can add Kane before the window, then it changes. But for now, I, I, I've got them firm and I'm not, I don't, I ain't really that worried about them, to be honest. Have you, have you got City third as well, um, George? Because um, Jamal makes yeah. good points, um, especially about the goal scoring. But yeah. Um, yeah, just before I let you go, I just want to mention like they did literally just win the Premier League last year without without a guaranteed goal scorer. And they still scored pretty close to 100 goals. Um, and it really, they didn't break that much sweat. They won quite comfortably in the end. Um, but yeah, to be fair, they only scored ten more goals than us yeah. last season. But at the same time, that would be very hard for them to repeat. So I understand what Jamal's saying. It, it would be very hard for them to repeat scoring that many goals without a, a guaranteed twenty goals a season player. So I understand where he's coming from. But I just something about City man. I just can't. I just I can't write them off that easily. Like. Pep as well, like obviously he is probably the second best manager of all time. So it's hard, man. It's hard not it's hard to write him off. But I've got I probably got Liverpool third just because of the fact that um oh, so you had United fourth. I thought you had Liverpool fourth. I can't I can't, I can't decide between United or Liverpool third and fourth. Yeah. Like he's, he's a man of sense, man. He knows United are fourth, man. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> I just I do think though like the top four, there won't be like a fifteen point gap between first and fourth. I, I do think that everyone's improved significantly enough to the point where it's going to be like maybe like the early two thousands, like late to late two thousands, where it was like a genuine top four all battling it out. And uh, yeah, I, I I don't think I don't think there'll be a runaway winner this year, barring. Kane going to City or there being some injuries again. All right, cool. So um, instead of just saying second and then obviously even one team for obvious first, I'm just going to name a top two. And um, I've actually got Chelsea winning the league and City coming second as it stands. Yo, I was so impressed with Chelsea in the second half of last season with Tuchel not even having his own players and they just went and won the Champions League. And um, in every in every major statistical category since took turn um, took over, apart from conversion rate, mainly down to Timo Werner, Chelsea were top, and they're going to be adding Lukaku. Um, if they get that Jules Kunde as well, from all that I've heard, I still got to see it. He's supposed to be a top centre back. Um, on top of what they've already got, these guys have got really they've got good players, good young players. So we're only going to get better. I've got them winning the Premier League. They've just won the Champions League, so all of their eggs are going to be in the Premier League basket, unlike City. And that's what I think, um, that's what's going to let City down and the fact that they've got guaranteed number nine. So in these little, these games, you know these games around uh, Christmas period where you have to win one nil and just scrape it kind of games. City are going to be drawing nil-nil, whereas Chelsea are going to have Lukaku scoring the goals to, um, to get them these crucial wins. So um, I think that's going to be the difference, Lukaku, and the fact that City's priority is going to be again in the European Cup, whereas Chelsea want to cement that now. They want to, yo, they want to be saying that we're back. The whole City Northwest 
monopoly between City and Liverpool over the last few years, that's gone. And Roman is showing intent this transfer window with the amount of money that he's spending. He's not messing about. He's here to dominate yet again. And um, I like Chelsea. I like Chelsea's team. They've got great balance throughout. Their goalkeeper can maybe be improved on, but he's been strong. I can't fault him. He's been good enough. And um, yeah, and that's why I think they're just going to pip City to to the Premier League title, you know. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I think it depends. As it stands, I've got Chelsea winning it. I think Lukaku tips it over the edge. Depending on what we do in the last two weeks, I'm still quite confident that we, we, we'll do it. But as it stands, I'll go with Chelsea. I just think, like you said, defensively, since Tuchel's come in, they've been sensational. Tactically, since he's come in, they've been brilliant. He's got a, he's had a few months with them now. He's had a full pre-season with them all now. Generally, when they have a top striker, Drogba, Costa, they tend to win the league. Yeah. They've got one of the best strikers in the world. Regardless of what you think of his play or his general play, whether he looks like he plays in jeans, whatever you've got to say about him, Giza scores goals wherever he goes. Like It's non-negotiable. He's scoring goals. So I think add that to what they've got defensively, tactically, a manager that knows how to win. As it stands, I'll go them first and us second. But if we can add another forward of decent quality in a midfielder, I would tip it to us. Just, just to add to that as well with Chelsea, like they're three behind Lukaku. They, they're creating chances, man. They create so much chances. And, um, and they're, uh, their midfield with Kovacic, Kante, Jorginho, he's got that balance that Lampard just couldn't, couldn't strike, you know? Like, he's managed to find it relatively quickly. And you say, now he's got a whole pre-season too. Well, maybe he can fuck it up by trying too much. But, like, if they keep progressing the way they were, because towards the end of the season, they just looked irresistible. And they didn't have Pulisic. They didn't have Ziyech in top four. Havertz was starting to come into, uh, into his own. And um, they got Mason Mount as well. They look, they look really good, man. George, you think Chelsea are going to win it as well or not? Yeah, um, my initial my initial reaction to the uh, Paku signing was like it's a, it's a, obviously it's a good sign and he is he is a good striker, but I don't think that's what tipped them over the edge. I think they probably I think it would have been between them and City anyway. I think um, I've seen Lukaku at United, so part of me I don't know I've not watched him the past two years, I can't lie, whilst he's been at Inter or whatever, I've not watched him, but I've seen he's been scoring. But all I can think of is the player that he was at United, and that is what's putting doubt in my mind as to how good of a signing he is. Like, he does score goals, but the goals that I remember him scoring at United was when we were already winning a game. He was never the one to take the game by a scruff of the neck and take us to win the game. He could never demand the ball. It bounced off his foot. Like I'm not joking when when I say that as well. Like I w- I do want the guy to do well. Like I wanted him to do well at United, but he was not that guy that, like I say, could take the game by the scruff of the neck and propel the team to win the game. So as much as it is a massive signing, it's what 150 million for him. I do think that um, 
him settling into the team and the style that they play as well will um, take some time. It's not going to be an instant click unless uh, Tucker was a miracle worker. Like, but I these mean, things do take time. I've just checked. The... Sorry, like, I'm just checking. Lukaku's 28 years old. Yeah. Is he, he not banging his, his prime now? That's like. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is, yeah. yeah. Whereas at United, he might have been a bit. Um, I don't know what the word is. He seems to have that that spell at Inter seems to have matured him and turned him into an all-round striker. And obviously, he scored goals at the Euros. But I remember the game they played against was it Portugal? Who did they play in the last sixteen? Portugal, yeah, Portugal. Well, Portugal, yeah. And I remember them clipping balls into Lukaku, and he was struggling to control it. And I was thinking, like, this is the same guy that I watched at United. So. <sighs> I, I, I don't know how it's going to work, but their squad is uh, it is up there with cities for me because they've got a lot of depth in midfield and going forward that can uh, that can scare teams. They've got Ziyech, Werner, Pulisic, Mount, Jorginho, Kovacic, Kante, um, and even even though they've loaned him out Gilmore when he comes back into the team next season, so they've got a few. They've got an exciting few years ahead, Chelsea, and I do think they probably will win the league. And City, like you said, Nick, will want the Champions League this year. I'm surprised that we've all gone for uh, for Chelsea. I was certain that somebody will go for um, for Man City, but yeah, just to touch upon City before we wrap up quickly. I don't think personally, I don't think Jack Grealish is worth 100 million. That could be spent elsewhere. I'd rather have Lukaku for 100 million than Jack Grealish. I don't, I don't know. I just don't seem like. I just don't feel like a move like that. Lukaku at City wouldn't work. No chance. No, no, no. I'm just talking about in general. Oh, right. At City, Real, whoever. If I'm starting a team and I to, I've got 100 million, I got to buy one or the other. Mm. Lukaku every day of the week. I don't think I'll pay more than even in today's market is 70 million for Grealish. I just don't think it gives the output. Maybe he's got he's still got potential. He's still like 25, 26, I guess. But um yeah, I just don't I don't see it. I don't see a hundred million pound player. It's a bit like when Osman Dembele went to uh to Barcelona. I don't I just don't see a hundred million pound player in him. Like when you go triple figures, you yo, you gotta be serious, but God knows. Yeah, Barca signed Dembele for a hundred million. Yeah, they signed Coutinho for a hundred million. No wonder that club's in ruins, man. What's going on? Big, big mess. And I'll just add something on the top four thing. I had a thought earlier when I was doing a bit of prep and whatnot. We've all got the same top four as last season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it was the same the season before. If it's the same again. Can this could is this the end of this whole top six big six thing that keeps getting pushed? Because I did some research earlier. If this is if it ends the way that we've all got it and they're all in the top four again, this will be the first time since 2005 to 2008, 2009 that it's happened three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Can we and that was an old traditional top four, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, United. Can we end this whole top six nonsense if it's the same top four again? Well, yeah, I exactly. think we can personally. Definitely, some teams, Spurs and Arsenal ain't serious to me. Leicester aren't aren't good enough to bridge that gap. 
personally, if it ends the way it is again this year, the whole tops, I don't want to hear his top six nonsense anymore. I'm sick of it. I'm bored of it now. It, it depends. It depends how competitive, in my opinion. It depends how competitive 56 are. And also, to be a top six, you actually need to be in the top six. You know what I mean? Like, last yeah. season, Spurs and Arsenal, we weren't in the top six. So how can you be a top six if you're not in the top six? And that's how it's come round, but it does make sense that you guys are the top four because you guys are the top four wealthiest clubs. And mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's the way I see it. You're, you're completely right, Joanne. I will 100% agree with you. If it's, I didn't even realise that start until you just said it, but it felt like that. It felt like you, you four teams are the best four teams and there's a bit of a gap, you know? That's that's not my fear. One thing actually about um, Chelsea winning the league, if they start this season well, I think they definitely have a well, they have a massive chance to win it because in their first six games, they play Arsenal away, Liverpool away, Spurs away, and City at home in their first six. So if they're near the top of the table after those first six games, they've got. Southampton, Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley in the next five. So I think I think they beat everyone but us in the first four or five. Well, where's the Liverpool game? Anfield. Anfield. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that'll be tough. Yeah, honestly, it's good. Hopefully, uh, boys, we'll, it's gonna be a great season. It's not gonna have one dominant team. And hopefully, hopefully the surprises, man, because yes, we've all got the same top four. Yes, we've all got the same winner. But um, in my opinion, obviously, as an outsider looking in, <laughs> I want something that I want. No, I, don't, I just don't want to have that status quo. I don't have to have the same people all the time at the top. So I do hope Spurs or even maybe Arsenal or Leicester tech. Nah, somehow do not like Arsenal anywhere near this top four. But maybe not Arsenal, but it'd still be good to like just see a change, you know, because yeah, just like see to, the top four. I'd like to see Villa do well. I know Jamal will disagree, but I'd like to see mm-hmm. Villa do well. To be fair, I think that I think they will. Sorry, I'll let you finish, but I think they will do quite well this year. Yeah, I, I, I just like the signings they've made. So and that leads me into the uh the teams that I think will get relegated actually based yeah. off their signings. All right, cool. Just you kick off them, bro. Yeah. Um, because obviously they've signed one of the top scorers in the Prem last year, uh, Danny Ings. I don't see Southampton getting anywhere near as many goals as they did last year. Even though I, like, I do like the manager, I, I see Southampton going down, personally, just because I don't... See, I look at their team on paper and I just don't see anything to be excited about. Um and then I think I have uh, Watford and Norwich following them. Because I think Brentford stay up mainly due to the fact they've got like a goal scorer and they've got some some decent players. Uh, whereas Norwich and Watford, I just go through the squad and I just think like, Todd Campwell's probably Norwich's best player. Like, it's just not good enough, really. Yeah. Who's going down for you, Jamal? I, I've got a very similar list to that, George, to be honest. I didn't think of Southampton, but without Ings, I, I do like that shout. I didn't cross my mind for whatever reason. No. Um, but I went with Norwich uh, shoe-ins for me. They'll probably beat us on Saturday now because I said that. But <laughs> they're they're shoe-ins for me. They're going down. Are they beat um, the year they got relegated, though. 
Yeah, yeah. They had a couple of those results like that. And yeah. I think they're gone. I, I see it as the same team, basically. The same team that went down has basically come up, but without Buendia. Um, I've, yeah, I think they're gone. I'm with that. I'm with that. I think... player of the season, Oliver Skip. Whatever. <laughs> he was good um... last season. He was quiet. Uh, whatever. Oh, <laughs> straight, skip straight over that. Um, <laughs> I've got Burnley. More, so, more out of hope. Than, yeah, yeah. Than I, I, don't, I, I don't understand how they survive every year without investing, without spending no money, paying full food. I don't understand how they're still here. <laughs> I'm hopeful that this year finally they're gone because I've had enough of them. I hope they go. Um, and I was stuck on the third team. It was I was a toss up out of Newcastle and Brentford. Mm. I understand George's point with they've got a goal scorer. I think maybe more so because they've got a bit of an identity as well, the way they want to try and play football. I just think once it goes toxic at Newcastle after a bad few results, they're on a slope for months. And it hit a skid last year and they were lucky that, A, there were no fans there because if the fans was there, it would have gone mental. And they got uh, Maximum and Wilson back at the same time and Joe Willock at form. I'm not so sold on... I mean, a, a... just signing for 25 mil, Joe Willock, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so sold that it goes as well this time. I'm not so sold on the fact that St. Maximum and Wilson do the same as they did last year either. And they the fans are going to be back. And that's that's a toxic place to be, St. James's Park, when the fans are there and it ain't going well. So I think I think they're gone as well. You think Watford stay up, genuinely? They're, yeah, they're just they're dodgy, man. You can't, the sad thing is you can only three teams there's genuinely like five or six teams that I would like to just get rid of there's quite a few I'd like to just get rid of them there's a few that I wouldn't mind just dashing out the league Um, what yeah I think Watford have got enough so yeah George has got um, Watford Norwich Norwich and Southampton Southampton John's got Newcastle Brentford did you say Newcastle, Burnley, and Norwich. Oh, Burnley and Norwich. See, I can't, I can't bring myself to send Burnley down because you just know they're gonna get, they're gonna take a big scalp at Turf Moor around the winter months. But yeah, I, <laughs> I've got, yeah, I've got, I hate that, I've got Watford. Um, sorry, I've got Watford. Norwich, I've got Norwich coming bottom and then Watford above them and then Newcastle going down. Newcastle, Jamal, you probably could have just, I could just copy and paste what you just said and just say that again. I feel the exact same way. I think they would have went, they would have went down last season if the fans were in the stadium because around March, it was so toxic, yeah. They were destined to go down. And then Willock just, Get some mad purple patch and it goes like just a Lingard type of form and he actually just keeps them up by himself. Um, in terms of Watford and Norwich, they, they're just not good enough. It's simple as that. I hate I hate everything about Norwich. I just don't like Norwich. I don't like their kit. I don't yeah. like their I just don't like, yeah, they're just like useless. Proper definition of a yo-yo club, like up and down, up and down. They're too good for the championship, but they're not good enough for the Premier League. There's like an intermediate there that they should be in. But um, in terms of the likes of Brentford and Southampton that you guys mentioned, I've got no worries about them. I don't worry about the teams 
if we can go back to Bournemouth anyhow, I don't worry about the teams with an identity. So these teams that come up and they want to attack, yes, they'll concede a shit ton of goals. They'll get a couple of batterings by the big boys throughout the season, but they'll be they'll get points out of the likes of Burnley, for example, Newcastle, simply because they go for it. And most of the time, three points, they'll get three points where they should be drawing a game. You know what I mean? If you know what I mean. So the likes yeah. of Newcastle or Burnley will draw that game. Whereas, because they're forward thinking, they'll win a game like 4-2 or 5-1. So, so a couple game weeks, will just click and they'll just look irresistible. So yeah, I think they'll, they'll probably stay up. But, um, I was, yeah. I was, sorry, I was just looking at um, the championship, like the clubs in the championship at the minute. And I genuinely don't want any of them to come up. <laughs> there's, no, there's no one exciting in the championship. Maybe Blackburn, just because of the ground. Like the I like Ewood Park. Like, but apart from that, man, it's it's teams that we've already seen. Yo-yo teams. Like, it needs refreshing somehow. I, I, I wouldn't yeah. mind. I like seeing Ber- uh, Brentford come up, and I wouldn't mind seeing Birmingham come up. But that's just because I'm biased. But that's it. It's going to be Fulham and Bournemouth or one of the two and maybe like a, a Reading or someone, someone that we've, or West Brom or someone that we've oh, seen Redding, regularly. No, it's, going to be, it's, going to be, it's going to be someone dead like that. One of West Brom, Bournemouth or Fulham, at least one of them is coming up. Anyway, season starts Friday. Let's hope we get another great season, boys. Um, thank you for coming through as always. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, follow us on Spotify, and also, of course, subscribe on YouTube. But yeah, thank you most for coming through, and uh, peace.